Okay, so welcome to, to the Be Heard program. I am going to unpack for you a little bit um, about what this program is, how it came to be, uh, my interest in having developed this program and the time that I've worked on it. But I think as a starting point, let's start with this, and you will remember that I shared a video where I referenced this. Let the challenge begin. So I thought that was an appropriate way to start. And I'm sorry, I should have preempted it by saying, um, you know, PG-16 for violence. But really, you know, uh, that that call at the end um, or that call to action by Queen Ramonda, who says, you know, show them who you are. And the first question I really want to pose to us um, who have joined here today is, you know, who are you? Who are you? If somebody came up to you and asked you to tell them who you are, you know, what would you say? And I'm curious to hear who's in the room with us. What would you say if somebody asked you the question, who are you? Okay, so we have Cindy who says, my name is Cindy Mala, entrepreneur, wife, mom, daughter, sister, creative and work in progress, masterpiece. Absolutely beautiful, Cindy. Okay, so we have Peter who says, I am an empowered woman who wants to use my voice to help empower others creatively and collaboratively. Thank you, Peter, and a warm welcome to you. I think we have few enough of us here for today's session um, to be able to just go through this. I'm Sobako, a student of the world, mother, servant, entrepreneur. Absolutely. Lifelong learning, always learning. Love it. Thank you. Okay, so while we wait for others to populate uh, their responses, let me tell you a little bit about how I answered this question about 10 to 15 years ago. So I was working in a corporate job. I was uh, unsure of what it is that I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. What I knew for sure was that I wanted to make some kind of impact. I wanted to make value. and I remember at the time really struggling with the proverbial climb up the corporate ladder and hearing a lot of people say to me things like, you've got such great potential. Uh, But for some reason, I think struggling to materialize this amazing potential that everybody saw but me. And so if you asked me that question about 10 years ago, uh, if you asked me that question even 15 years ago, I think I might have said, you know, I am or I was a lost lady, somebody who once believed in the power of her voice, but through a couple of life experiences, uh, really lost um, the ability to to stand up and to own the power of her voice. If you asked me who I was at that time, I would say to you that I was a functional alcoholic. I used to drink excessively post-university days because I think we're all forgiven uh, when we drink in university, but I was somebody who would describe herself as a functional alcoholic at that time. I was somebody who didn't care for her health at that time. I was somebody who lived life on the edge to the point where I was incredibly reckless with how I lived life, um, but maybe a consequence of the age as well. But I was somebody who I think really had lost her way. And I remember at some point, uh, somebody dear to me describing me 
as somebody who'd lost her fire. And so if I had to use a word to describe myself or to say, you know, who am I or who was I a couple of years back, I would describe myself as somebody who had lost her fire. Fast forward to today, and if you ask me the same question, who am I? I am a proud woman. I'm a proud African. I'm somebody who has done the work of recommitting to herself uh, to really harness the power of her voice so that she can use her voice to make impact. This has happened through a series of interventions um, where I had to do quite a bit of work on myself to arrive at the place where I could reclaim or regain that fire back. And so just a little bit about the Be Heard program, and I'm still waiting for those contributions. I see people are sitting and they're going, hey, I'm not sure where to start. Um, a little bit about the Be Heard program, because the Be Heard program, colleagues, really is a huge part of my story. It's a huge part of, you know, really deciding that I wanted to change the course of my life as it were. And so it all started, I think, in the year 2014, when I made the decision that this corporate game was no longer working for me. This was after I had been promised promotions over, you know, a consecutive number of months and going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you know, following up on this promise to be promoted after the company I was working for had merged with another company. And what was happening at the same time was that I had just given birth uh, to my first child, Mashasedi, for those of you who know me personally. And I remember how, you know, in the first few months of my pursuing uh, this particular role within the organization, Mashasedi was about three months old. And at three months old, uh, you know, or four months old, rather, I'd gone back to work and we were having the conversation to say, look, Zoya, you know, there really is an opportunity for you to grow. You are in a caretaker, a marketing manager, international role. And so we're really shaping you up to take on the role itself. And at the time of this conversation, my child was four months old. And I remember my manager saying to me, come back three months later. And of course, three months later, I went back and I was met with her you know, Zoya, these things take time. And so because these things take time, you need to come back maybe another three or four months later. And so it went, colleagues, until the following year. Uh, a whole nine months had passed. And what was interesting is that in that time, I had this young child at home who I could go back home to and see, you know, I see her progress through her various milestones. And I'll never forget how when my child was nine months old, six months after I'd been moving back and forth, trying to get a sense of whether I was going to get the role or not, uh, you know, arriving home to find my child take her first steps. And it was such a huge moment for us, certainly, but also because it caused me to reflect on the value of time and on what I was doing with my time and whether I, you know, I was, I was contributing in the ways that I wished to contribute. It was a huge wake up call for me. And I will never forget how nine months later, when my child was finally just over a year, I went back with conviction to my bosses to say, it's okay. Uh, I'm no longer interested in the role. I've decided that I really want to flip things around. I no longer want to be somebody who, when she describes herself, is public speaking skills that we're trying to develop, uh, you know, is also... So additional to these public speaking skills that we're trying to develop to become better speakers, you know, there's an element that was missing. And this element that was missing was around the leadership development work. Um, and so I set out on a journey where I did leadership development work alongside really sort of gaining the technical competencies around speaking. And the combination of all of that became what you are going to be experiencing through the Be Heard program. So in terms of what it is, it's really about developing self-awareness. It's about developing other awareness in order to lead effectively. Um, it's really about you taking ownership of your story. So what's your story? Who are you? And what's that story that you have to tell that is not like any other person's story? Um, and at some point in the storytelling session, you will see that we do a deep dive into your story. We really go into kind of what's the story um, you know, of your life? Uh, what are the different uh, stories that have happened through the course of your life? And how do those really become affirming in the context of who you are in the present, but also who you are becoming? The program is about how we assist you to be rooted and grounded in who you are so that when you do show up, 
you show up fully, authentically, vulnerably, confidently. And then it is about how as a leader, you know, ultimately we're saying that our country, our continent needs the kind of leaders who can be influential, uh, persuasive, influential leaders who can make an impact. So the program in its totality really addresses that. And these one-hour webinars are intended, colleagues, as just a snapshot into what is actually a more in-depth program uh, that we're launching a little bit later that covers uh, many more areas that assist us with regard to developing some of what I've spoken to here. The premise of the Be Heard program is that everyone has something of value to contribute. And we'll unpack this uh, premise or we'll unpack this kind of mission statement of the Be Heard program. Where does it come from? What informs it, et cetera? But for the most part, just be aware that we're saying that as you step into the session, we're recognizing that you step into this as somebody who's got value to contribute. And perhaps the time has come for you to make the decision to become somebody who says, I want to own that value. And then I want to show up uh, and contribute that value. So what I'm going to do just in terms of this intro now is really just to position kind of, so I've told you what the Be Heard program is about for the most part. And then, you know, how is it put together? I'm going to take you through a little bit of that. And then we're going to go into uh, the content for today's session. So in terms of the journey overview, uh, the Be Heard program is actually made up of four pillars. And so these pillars are, we start off with connect. And this is where we're saying that we really are assisting you to kind of, you know, connect to yourself first and foremost. So I connect to me, I connect to myself, um, but also how do I become somebody who's able to build connection with others? Uh, you will appreciate that anything related to speaking is about that ability to build connection. And so within the context of that, we unpack a couple of topics, including how do I develop my executive presence, but I'm going to break it down shortly. So connect is the first pillar that we address. Uh, the second is construct. So construct becomes a little bit more technical. And here we really say, how do we construct messages that are powerful? How do we construct messages that are, you know, memorable? How do we construct messages that land the message in the way in which we intend to do so? And then, of course, how do we harness our ability to persuade? Um, so I really love this concept of persuasion, particularly because I see us as leaders. And so how do we do that? And Construct looks at the very technical elements around putting together a message that is solid, a message that sends a powerful message, uh, sorry, a, a presentation that sends a powerful message and really captures the essence of what you're trying to communicate. And then, of course, we say, you know, once you've crafted this beautiful message, it would absolutely, you know, be devastating if that message was not able to get to the people for whom it is intended. So delivery really looks at that to say, you know, how do we then deliver our messages in ways that are effective? And here, uh, you know, we have migrated from, you know, the face-to-face the, the -face platforms to online. So we'll look at, you know, how do we, how do we navigate some of that migration? Uh, how do we move? Uh, from delivering face-to-face -to, -face to still having impact within the online space. And we look at delivery. We look at everything from voice to body, et cetera. And I will high-level touch on these as well in the one-hour sessions that we're going to be having. And then, of course, the final one is to say, you know, put it all together. And we want you to become masters um, of your craft, masters of this, so that wherever you are, you can show up in the fullness of who you are and, and really be heard. And so that's the last one, master. And a mastery, of course, will deal with things like, you know, what goes into preparation? How do you actually prepare and ensure that you've prepared adequately? Master speaks to, you know, uh, you know what, what, what is my level of confidence? Uh, I have something called the confidence continuum. Where do I sit on this confidence continuum? And what are the things that bolster my confidence versus the things that take away, you know, from my confidence? And so master is saying, you know, it's the last, it's the last bit. It's the, it's the refinement. How do we ensure that we refine uh, so that at the end of this, we can show up in a particular way? So just in terms of breaking it up, uh, so in the Connect session, session one, today's session, it really was about the introduction to the program and today's outcome. So today I'm going to be looking at building executive presence and listening. And then, of course, in terms of the Construct session, uh, we're going to be covering Construct over three sessions. So session two, 
is purpose and speech crafting. We are also going to be sharing this, colleagues, um, on the social media platforms, and we'll also send it to you via email uh, for those of you who have selected individual packages. But for the most part, for those of you who are with us from beginning to end, uh, session two, we're going to look at purpose in speech crafting. Why are you standing up to speak in the first place? Uh, many people think, you know, I can just stand up, open my mouth and speak, and then they're all over the place, and we go, but why? Why must you do that to us? So really understanding kind of my why in speaking. Uh, and there I delve deep into this concept around how do we become people who are able to really drive our point home in ways that are persuasive and effective. So I zoom in on the art of persuasion. Session three, I go deep into structure. Uh, a lot of people get lost in kind of how do I structure presentations that really land the messages I intended? How do I structure presentations uh, that aren't boring? <laughs> I always say audiences will forgive us everything except boring presentations. So how do we ensure that we structure memorable presentations that people can long after the fact be able to reference? And then, of course, session four is where we go into personal and business storytelling. And this is one of my favorites. So session four and all of this under the construct element. And then we get to session five, six and seven, which will all fall under the deliver pillar. And here we're saying, how do, we, how do we understand those audiences? So no one stands up to speak or to communicate for themselves. We're in it for the benefit and for the purpose of the people who have given us their attention. Uh, and sometimes they give us their money too. And so how do we you know, spend dedicated time really understanding who our audiences are and then crafting whatever content to ensure that it is suited to the audience that we're connecting with? Uh, if I make an example here, uh, a lot of my other clients present to executive audiences and they'll typically say to me, you know, when I have to present to executives, what's the one thing you would tell me to do, Zoya? And the first thing I say is that get to the point. <laughs> so in general, when you're delivering to anybody, get to the point. But in particular, with executives who often are managing multiple things, it's get to the point, be crystal clear. And there's a wonderful tool there that we're actually going to use to assist us to work from what is the big idea and then to wither down into kind of how we break that down into supporting or substantive um, points. And then we also look at effective body language. So how do we use body for effect? Uh, and then we'll go into session six, which is really about, you know, on these virtual platforms, particularly with this digital presentations, we're not having to rely on the quality of our voices. Some people speak really soft. Some people speak really fast, all sorts of things. So, you know, what is your voice like? Do you even know what kind of voice you have? And does it matter? And how can we work with the quality of voice that you bring to ensure that you are heard? And then, of course, session seven looks at those debilitating nerves. And this is also one of my favorites. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, work from a neuroscience point of view to help us to understand kind of what drives these nerves. Uh, what, what happens when we get nervous? Why do I get butterflies in my stomach? Uh, why does my, you know, my, my, my skin, why do I get that chicken skin? Uh, why does my heartbeat increase? What's happening physiologically? And what are some of the things that we can then do to assist ourselves through understanding what's happening to really um, overcome some of these debilitating nerves? And then for the master session, of course, uh, we close off and we're really saying, you know, let's look at that confidence continuum. Where do you sit? And what are the things that we can do to bolster confidence? What are the things that you are already doing that bolster confidence? What are those things that take away from your confidence? And how do we become aware uh, of those things as we build confidence? And of course, the final being the art of skillful preparation. And my hope, colleagues, is that by the end of this, uh, you know, these one hour sessions are literally lifting from a broader program, but with the hope. Uh, that these sessions can be of value to you, uh, both in your personal and in your professional lives. Uh, and you can, you know, become somebody who shows up as a leader, who owns the power of their voice and who really can make an impact. So I'm just seeing three things on the chat. I'm quickly wanting to address that. Okay, there's Melissa. Okay, she's an entrepreneur, wife and mom of two beautiful kids. Uh, she's cultivated a passion for the youth and its transformation, loves to use her voice to share her story and hopefully impact someone's trajectory in life to believe in themselves enough to dare to try the things they never thought they would achieve. A mouthful, but really powerful stuff there. Uh, thank you so much, Melissa. Uh, colleagues, I saw Paulina just joined us. Paulina, we just started off with a little activity where I asked the question, who are you? Uh, so if you have an opportunity, please uh, do respond to that. Okay, so colleagues, I think where we're going to kick off 
uh, in the time that we have left is this concept around kind of connect. And, and so I'm going to go straight into it. So a couple of years back, I was a drama student uh, at uh, Rhodes University or the university known as Rhodes University in the Eastern Cape, South Africa. And this is where I was introduced to the work of a gentleman named Peter Brook. Um, and he wrote a book called The Empty Space. And in the book, Peter Brook describes theater. So remember, I said I was a drama student. He describes theater as the process of, of somebody walking across an empty or an open space. And he says, you know, this would happen typically where there is an observer, uh, somebody who's watching as that action takes place. And so I, I love this concept of, of, of filling an empty space or walking into an empty space as somebody else is watching, because this is what we do, uh, you know, when we, when we stand up to present. Uh, we typically move into what was an empty space. Uh, we fill that empty space. And typically we have somebody who's sitting on the other side doing some kind of observing. And so it really got me thinking, uh, you know, about does it matter how we fill the empty space? I think that's the question I sat with. Does it matter? Does it make a difference? And I started to really research a lot of people, started watching people and how people fill spaces, how people carry themselves in spaces. And so at this point, uh, before I go into the content per se, I want you to think of an individual. So uh, somebody in your community, somebody at work, somebody in your personal life who has that special quality when they fill spaces. Somebody who, you know, when they step into a space, you know, almost carries some kind of presence. Like you can feel they are there. Like there's no question that, you know, Zoya has walked into the room or there's no question that Peter has walked into the room. So we might say they have a powerful presence. Can you think of the attributes? First of all, think about that person. So one person, it can be more. And then I want you to list the attributes that you think contribute to why you see them in this way. What is it about them that makes them come into an empty space and seem to make the space move in ways that are impactful and powerful? So think of that person. And then I want you to think about kind of, you know, what are the attributes you think they possess that cause you to see them in this way? Okay, so I've gotten a message that says that we can enable participants to talk, which is wonderful because I think we're intimate enough for us to not make this a webinar webinar. We can do a little bit of talking, even though our time is limited. So I'll invite one contribution. If somebody wants to come into the plenary and just share, I will invite that. And then also I'll just raise your hand. And then also Bako will just, Info at Zoya Speaks, will, will allow you to come through and to be heard. Hello. Hi, everyone. Um, just to point out that it's it's obviously we're here to have our voices heard and it's such a nerve-wracking thing, even though I know you can't all see me. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, uh, for me, if someone walking into a room, it's usually confidence is a big thing. Uh, absolutely. And I think also uh, it's the energy that they hold. So the person I'm thinking about in particular has got a very grounded and warm kind of an approachable energy and I think that that's something that really sticks out for me and that's wonderful right so thanks Peter maybe before you go you go off uh, go, go on to mute again a question becomes I mean you talk about confidence but how does confidence show up so what does it mm. look like what are the things that you're seeing that cause you to translate that into the story of this is a confident person? Take me through the behavior because confidence is a behavior. And then we translate it into a story, right? Yeah, I think it's maybe like a, a comfortableness in one's own skin. So someone who who is, I don't know, I almost like is is uh present in their own in themselves like that uh they, they're comfortable in what they're wearing they they have a a stride that just is is very like well held like a, a kind of a actually or like a sense of who they are maybe is yeah. yeah so thank you so much peter because what you're saying connects that earlier question where i said so who are you and it was interesting to note how we first all started off with kind of, well, hi, my name is, right? And to what end is my name definitive of who I am? To a large extent, for many of us, it is. And then, of course, we spoke about the different roles that we occupy. So I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a businesswoman, I'm whatever. Is that who you are? Okay? And maybe it is. And so really asking you beyond this session to go back and to ponder that question. 
Because when we talk about somebody who's confident, colleagues, it's not, it's not confidence isn't a, confidence is a series or a set of behaviors that cause us to then say, oh, okay, that person in my view is confident because I observed certain things. So Peter says, you know, somebody who, who seems present in themselves, there's a groundedness about them. Somebody who seems comfortable in their skin. Um, somebody who's, who brings about a certain energy. As you think about who you are, I want you to think about kind of how people might describe you when you walk into a space. What do you think others are saying about you and what you bring into an empty space? I mean, I came across something quite interesting um, in some of the research that we've done in some of my reading. And there's a beautiful book around kind of uh, executive EQ. And they, 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 they take this idea a little bit further and they say that whether we recognize it or not, we all possess a field of power. So this concept of an, you know, an authentic presence is actually about how all of us have a field of power. There's an energy that we all have. And that field of power stems from a couple of things. It stems from the fact that you've got a heart that beats. So you've got a beating heart. That's part of your field of power. Part of your field of power is that you've got a voice. Whether you use that voice or not is not the point, but that you've got a voice. And then additional to that, colleagues, what contributes to your field of power is that you actually also have a life story. So those three things contributing to this field of power, contributing to this authentic presence that you can then bring into a space. And so uh, I want us to do a quick activity, and this one's going to involve us actually having to get up because the sessions are intended to be actually quite a, a physical and all of it. So I want you to get up from where you are sitting. So just allow me to give you the instruction first, and then after that, I'm going to ask you to do the thing for me. So I want you to get up from where you are sitting, and then I want you to go to the entrance of the place where you are sitting and to step outside of the room for a few seconds. In the seconds that you are stepped, that you've stepped out of the room, I want you to actually look into the space and to observe it. So observe the space from outside of it. And then I want you to be conscious as you step back inside. Be conscious about who am I and what am I in a very deliberate way bringing into the space. To do Zile, if you don't mind, let's just maybe allow you an opportunity to step into the room. What do you think has changed in the space? That's the question I'm asking you. What has changed in the space? Um, hi, Zoya. Hi, everyone. I guess what has changed is just my own energy. Um, I've been sitting in this room for a while, so I'm sitting in my office. I've been working all day. Um, and, you know, it's end of the day, a bit tired, that kind of thing, you know, so standing up, looking back into my office, thinking about what is it that I bring in when I come into the office is, you know, kind of picking me up a little bit um, because I decided that I'm bringing in focus, I'm bringing in um, creativity, I'm bringing in productivity into this particular space. Yeah, so it's just been a little smaller energy jab. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Let's hear from Faith and Melissa. Okay, I think for me, um, what has just become more clear is, 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 is the actual exercise. Because I think when up until you said I, I need to get up and I was like, okay, come out. So I think I, when I came back in, I felt a little bit more awareness and presence of myself walking in and and that I have actually stepped out. And I think then I started questioning, I think similar to Dudu, to say, okay, so I've stepped out and what, why am I coming back in and what am I bringing in, in, into this thing? And I think I've been pondering on, 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 on that since you asked who are you and, and what makes, and, and the person linking to what, the, pe the person I deem as confident attributes have. So I think I've just been, my mind has, is, is very present in, in, in the content that has been shared since I joined. I know I joined late, but yeah, I'm asking a lot of questions. I need to figure out a lot of answers. And, and yeah, I think there's a sense of greater awareness around everything. 100%. And I think Faith, 
Thank you. And I think one of the things we spoke about is that the Be Heard program, in its essence, is actually about saying, how do we build that 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 sense of deep awareness of ourselves first? Because when we operate from that place, we're able to, in a very empathetic and compassionate way, extend that awareness to others as well. So I'm aware of myself. How does it extend to my awareness of others as well? So appreciating that you're asking the questions and that the mind is working uh, as we're asking or going through some of the content. Melissa, very quickly. (laughs) I think um, Faith has echoed what I wanted to say in terms of awareness. I think I stepping outside I took a deep breath and then as you said you need to ask yourself like what are you bringing and my like you know the things that I listed in the chat box I had to ask myself is that who I really am and as I walked back into the room I kind of changed my walk a little bit as well I pushed my arms back and a little bit of a confident walk um, I was more aware and present in my body I guess and when I sat in the chair the chair felt a little bit more comfortable Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's a mental thing, but it's like I was more prepared and I just, you know, it's like I imagined this room being you in front of me and everybody else that's in here. And what do I bring into this webinar, into this course? Yeah. 100%. So, colleagues, I mean, everything stems from that wonderful, uh, you know, word we said or, or, or that uh, phrase we used to say that if you walked around into all spaces, very aware of the fact that there is a field of power always around you, informed by the fact that you have a beating heart, you have a voice, and you've got a life story. How might you do things a little bit differently? And so I want to ask a couple of questions, and I hope that these questions can help to trigger something for you every single time you enter spaces. Um, And these questions are, you know, how do spaces shift when you step into them? How are spaces impacted because Dudu is in that space? I know of people who, when they step into the room, the life continues as if there's no one there. And I'm not saying that we all need to be the kind of people who, when I step into a room, it needs to be, you know, a drama. (laughs) Because you also get those people, when they step into a room, there's tons of drama. But really saying, when you step into a room, is there an awareness that a Cindy has filled the space? Is there an awareness that there's Peter who's now here with us as well? And what is that thing that Peter brings? So how do spaces shift because you are in them? What do you bring into that empty space informed by that earlier question of who are you? And then when you leave the space, what do you leave behind? You know, we talk about this concept of uh, personal branding. And one of the things a, a branding guru friend of mine always says is that your brand is not just kind of what you have when you're in the room. It's what is left behind when you're not there. It's those traces you've left behind where people are still kind of salivating on the magic that you brought into that space. So what do you leave behind in spaces? And then, of course, the last question really saying, does something need to change? What do you need to change, you know, as you cultivate power presence, that authentic presence as a leader? So just really kind of putting those questions through for you uh, to think through. The most important of those being, what do you bring? What do you leave behind? And have you become aware that maybe something could be changed? And so the open invitation then becomes that the next time you enter a space, whether that be a physical space with other people or whether that be a virtual space. So in other words, you come into a room and then you're going to enter a virtual space. I want you to become mindful of a couple of things because these are some of the physical attributes that contribute to how we're then perceived by the people who share the space with us. I want you to become aware of whether you look up or down when you enter spaces. Are you that person who, when they've stepped into a space, kind of are looking down? I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be heard. And this was who I was a couple of years back. If you go back to that story I shared a little bit earlier, I was that person who when I walked into a space, I didn't want to be seen and heard. And it might be difficult to believe I know because I've got such a big personality. But I was that person who said, I'm scared to even lift up my hand or to raise my hand. Do you make eye contact with people when you walk into a space? Eye contact is one of the easiest ways for us to start to build connection with people. Do you make eye contact or do you dart eyes and avert looking at the people who are sharing space with you, particularly in the physical spaces? Are you the kind of person who, if we were in a physical space, might go straight to their seat? Or do you explore the space? 
And then, of course, to become mindful of posture. How do you carry yourself into space? So I think, I don't know if somebody mentioned it, right? Being comfortable in your skin. Do you walk into a space? Are you slouched? Or are you upright as you walk into a space? Because whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, all of these are sending salient messages about who we are and what we bring. And so the next time you enter a space, I really want you to become the kind of person who's developed the awareness of what you bring into spaces, what you leave behind in spaces, and to what end your behaviors are contributing to the perceptions you're creating with others. I want to end this off by just saying that presence is not some innate quality um, that you either have or don't have. I've heard this a lot where people say, you're, you know, Zoya, you've just got presence. It's natural. <laughs> you were born like this. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Presence is cultivated through a series or a set of, of behaviors that we can learn. So there's a set of learned behaviors that really can enable you to command attention. A set of learned behaviors that can have you become an influential person within your space, in your field. And so asking you to really develop mindfulness or some of those things, are thinking through the questions that I've asked you about how you fill empty spaces. The final thing I will say on this is this. Next time you step into a space, maybe before you sit down or maybe before you just completely go to kind of the business of the day, we're also busy. Take a little bit of a moment to introduce yourself, as it were, to the space. Fill the space. Fill the empty space. And again, I think, Peter, you and I were, Peter and I were at Rhodes University together. And uh, one of the things we used to do in the drama class was to fill the empty space. I used to absolutely love it. This idea that you fill the space with who you are, you're cementing and grounding yourself in who you are. One of the things I used to do uh, when I participate in these speaking competitions is I would have a one up on my uh, competitors because I would go into the spaces before they were there. I'd either arrive really early in the morning or I'd go there the day before and I would fill that space with all of me. By the time I came to compete, when everybody else was nervous, I would just say to the space, I, me and you, we know each other. Um, and so really saying, you know, how do we fill that empty space with the fullness of who we are? And so I don't know if there's any questions as it relates to this one around uh, filling empty spaces. But I want to leave you with a wonderful quote by Peter Drucker, who said, you know, your first and foremost job as a leader is to take charge of your own energy and then to help orchestrate the energy of those around you. And I think this is one such way of taking charge of your own energy, mindful that you have this field of power constantly with you. How do you use it? And how do you use it in ways that affirm you and that send a particular message to those with whom you interact? Um, and so, I mean, here I said individual reflection, but I think we have covered the piece around this, you know, around how we then intend to take up space. And I want to move into the second thing around connecting. And the second thing I want to focus on is this idea of listening. And the question I want to pose to you around this concept of listening is, when was the last time you really listened? And the follow-on question is, when was the last time you felt really listened to? So listening is, you know, among our most powerful and yet most challenging leadership qualities. And I think largely because, you know, when we're talking about that deep listening, that really sort of connecting with somebody, I think we're challenged because we have to suspend our own thinking, um, that need to respond, that need to, to, to step in with our own judgment. And when we do that, it's to allow ourselves to give full attention and genuine attention um, to the other person. So here's what I say about listening as it relates to speaking and in particular to being heard. I say, you know, if you want to be a great leader, listen. <laughs> if you want to become a great speaker, you've got to become a great listener. And if you want to be heard, then you definitely must be able to listen. So there's a couple of things that I'm asking us to listen to within the context of this Be Heard program, uh, within the context of speaking as well. And I say just three things. Three things I want you to remember as it relates to this idea of listening. The first is that you're listening to yourself, and we'll unpack that a little bit. The second is that you're actually listening to the audience. And the third, I say, is that you're listening to the environment. So remember that we're saying that before you can become a great speaker, before you can be heard, you actually have to cultivate the skill of listening first and foremost. And it almost sounds counterintuitive, right? You would think that you must become a great speaker and the listening follows after, but it actually 
is that you've got to be able to listen well in order to speak well. So let's unpack um, these three when we talk about listening to ourselves, listening to our audiences, and then listening to the environment. So when we're talking about listening to ourselves, colleagues here, we're really saying that it's important to be aware of your own thoughts and feelings. So we go back to that concept of kind of being self-aware, aware of myself. So I need to know what's going on with myself mentally and emotionally. Um, so you do a check-in with yourself. You know, where am I at at this point in time? I'm about to present. What am I feeling? What am I thinking? So really kind of doing, uh, you know, I always say take a temperature gauge of yourself. Uh, when COVID started, all of us were going and we were getting our temperatures checked. And I would say, check your temperature before you get up to present. Uh, you know, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? And so part of that is to unpack things like, and typically what we see is that there's always a narrative that plays in our head. There's always a story of some sort that's playing in our head. And so when you do this check-in activity with yourself, what you're doing there is you're actually saying, I want to know or I want to say out loud or I want to become aware of the narrative that's playing in my head, the stories I'm telling myself about this particular situation or this particular experience. And then to follow that with, is this story that I am telling myself uh, serving me in this moment or is it not serving me in this moment? You would be surprised at the number of people who I work with who just before they present say things like, and they aren't even conscious of it, say things like, I'm not prepared for this. And we've been working for days on end. And I go, of course you're prepared. We have worked and we have rehearsed and we have practiced. You're very prepared. You know, who will say things like, I don't know if I can do this. And I go, of course you can. Just listen to yourself. So it's developing that ability to actually just tune into ourselves and to start to hear the stories that are playing in our minds unconsciously, but which will then have an impact in terms of what shows up consciously. Because a lot of what shows up consciously, colleagues, is informed by what's happening in, you know, below the surface, in that unconscious space, those stories that are playing in the back of your mind. And so it is doing that work of checking in with yourself from time to time to say, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? And as you do that, to do it from a place of non-judgment, so you're going to have the urge to judge yourself as you're thinking about the things that you're doing. Really just kind of noting, becoming aware of what's happening for yourself in that moment. And if you do have some kind of journal, to then journal that stuff down. And then to read it back to yourself. Oh my gosh, these are the things I'm saying to myself. I wasn't even conscious of the things I'm saying to myself that are hurtful, that are self-limiting that are standing in my way. So taking this kind of emotional um, and mental uh, temperature is important because I think we know that our internal state is often reflected in our outward performance. And I think that's the most important thing. Our internal state is often reflected in our outward performance. We've got to check those stories that we're telling ourselves. Carl Jung, a very, very famous uh, sort of psychologist or person in that space, um, one said, you know, until you make the unconscious conscious, uh, it will direct your life and then you'll call it fate. So part of this work of really building and developing that awareness of ourselves has got to do with saying, how do I make some of that stuff that's happening in the unconscious a little bit more conscious so that I can then do something, I can respond. So that's a little bit about, you know, how we can cultivate the art of listening to ourselves. We then move to kind of, uh, you know, and I say here gut and instinct. That's another big one. In fact, before I move on, gut and instinct is also part of listening to yourself. Um, I know I, I, can, I can recollect a number of instances where in my professional speaking journey, I've had to ditch my script. So I have this wonderfully prepared script and then things start to move in a particular direction. My soul and my instinct and everything is saying, go in that direction. Uh, and then, of course, there is the, but this is what you've prepared. And the times where I have ditched the script to really give into what was sort of speaking to me from a gut and intuition perspective oftentimes serves me much more than if I'd made the decision to be married to that script. So again, that ability to listen to your gut instinct is a work in progress that gets developed relative to how much you exercise the muscle. Let me repeat that. The more I listen to my gut and respond to my gut, the more you know I trust in my gut. Because oftentimes that gut feeling, you'll be rewarded when you listen to that gut feeling. Um, and so it's about giving into it. And sometimes it's risky. 
Um, it's incredibly courageous, but I think more often than not, you realize that it was taking you in the right direction. Okay. So let's move to listening to our audiences, which is the second part of listening as it relates to being heard. And here we say, look, I mean, it seems obvious, right? Because you're presenting to people, you're not presenting to yourself. Otherwise, you could stand up in front of a mirror uh, and talk to yourself. <laughs> uh, but of course, we are doing it for the benefit of those who are in our audiences. And yet, I am perpetually surprised at how so many of us neglect our audiences as we go through our presentations. How a person will literally step up onto some kind of platform, uh, and this is both face-to-face -face and virtual, and your audiences are constantly giving you feedback, but I'm so determined to just get through this presentation, I don't even know if people are nodding or falling asleep or yawning or coughing or crying or bored to death, because I just want to get through this. And I think we'll deal with nerves and how to overcome those nerves and to really be present to the people who've given you their attention. You know, often I say that audiences don't have to give us their attention. They don't have to give us their money. They don't have to give us their anything. We actually have to earn it as people who have been given the gift and the right to platform. And so earning, uh, you know, some of their attention has to do with the fact that we've got to, got to pay attention to them, make them feel as though they are part of the session. So how I tried to do that in today's session was by responding to the fact that we are few enough participants for us to have a little bit of engagement. In a typical webinar format, colleagues, there's not a lot of engagement. Um, and I'm talking about kind of where voices are typically heard and we're all really engaging. Typically, it is just kind of a people sit and listen. So, so that's the structure of the format. But for today's session, I thought we're 10 people in here. I think it's sufficient enough for us to be able to hear one or two voices. And I thank you for your contributions. And so over here, I remember once being invited to a Department of Police event uh, for women of the department. And I think I was briefed to deliver some kind of motivational piece. But what was interesting is that, you know, once I'd arrived, they gave me the program. I looked at this program and I was horrified to see that I was speaking after a doctor so-and-so. So some big titled person was speaking before me and I thought, oh, who am I, <laughs> you know, to speak after this doctor so-and-so. And um, I felt the weight of, you know, my non-titled self. I wasn't a doctor so-and-so. I was just Zoya. <laughs> or Miss Zoya, uh, you know, speaking after a Dr. So-and-so. Anyway, the long and short is that, you know, Dr. So-and-so came up onto the platform. He had absolutely zero connection with his audience. He wasn't listening to the cues and the feedback the audience was giving him. It was such a boring presentation. I was glad to be speaking after Dr. So-and-so because I knew that at least the one thing I can give this audience is respect for their time. And, you know, uh, Dr. So-and-so had a technical presentation. It was wonderful, I'm sure, because he understood what he was talking about. But for the most part, it was lost um, to that audience who were completely disengaged. So read the room. Read the virtual room. And the virtual room is a little bit more challenging to read. Uh, but read the virtual room. Invite people to participate. Ask for contributions. Check in from time to time. Uh, and give your audiences the sense that you are definitely listening to them. Okay, great, colleagues. So a couple of pointers in terms of just assisting you uh, where your audiences are concerned. And I know that we're still navigating this challenging uh, virtual environment. And at some point, we'll talk to the virtual environment when we do delivery. But really to say, you know, uh, you know, things like asking people to come onto camera on these platforms is one such way just to gauge uh, a little bit of their kind of are they still there. And then, of course, asking questions is one of the most powerful ways uh, you know, to really kind of get a sense of where people are at um, and to engage with your audiences. Asking people for feedback um, is one such way. Is this working? Is it not? Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, and then, of course, listen to things like how they engage the content. So some people might be saying, okay, I really am aligned to what you're saying. It's getting me thinking. So listen to how your audience is engaging with the content or not. And it's very difficult, again, here to, you know, to get a sense of kind of where people's attention is focused. So I'm acknowledging that these virtual platforms are incredibly challenging um, in terms of being able to get a sense of what's what. So I'm mindful of my time. And I am going to just end off with the last one, which is really about listening to the environment. And I think for me, this is, this is the one where I just say it's an awareness of what's happening all around you. Um, so, you know, uh, the environment is the physical space. Um, if you have a cluttered space, for example, 
Um, it could become a distraction within the context of trying to be heard. Uh, you know, if you have sound interruptions, it can become a distraction as well. Uh, so really kind of minimizing all of the distractions which register as noise from an environment's point of view. Um, there's a lot to be said on this one when we're talking about face-to-face -face interactions, but I don't want us, um, you know, to think too much about the face-to-face -face environment just yet. So uh, let's consider a quick example as we wrap it up. So you have a SIPO who is attending your online seminar and SIPO is an audience member. And USIPO uh, is an up-and-coming young executive. Um, he's got ambitions to become a chartered accountant. And SIPO values personal development. So he's really enjoyed being able to join your session. However, he's also a millennial. And so he spends a lot of his time on his phone because this is how he gets all of his information. And so you start your session and you warmly welcome everybody. And then, you know, you share the ground rules. And then what happens is that, you know, Usipo is geared up, he's ready to go. And then you start your presentation and three minutes in, your network starts to wobble and uh, things start to go awry. So all of those kinds of things can become the distractions that then impact. So you need to think very carefully about these uh, platforms, how you're interacting on these platforms, your environment being everything. It's, the, it, 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 it's your connectivity. It's a space that you're physically inviting people into. Um, if we were in a physical space, I would say it's the air conditioning. I would say it is where you are placed, your placement on the program. All of those things become important because they can either add to or take away uh, from you being heard. So really being mindful. And I think colleagues, you know, for me, the most important thing I want to leave at the end of this listening one is to say, where's the slide, that really being heard is about that conscious listening minus all of those distractions, minus the noise. Um, if your audience is fidgeting, that's noise. It becomes noise. If you are dealing with an internal narrative that's paralyzing you instead of allowing you to really be free, that's noise. If there are things that are happening in your external environment um, that registers as noise. So if we want to be heard, we want to be conscious to listen and then to respond by reducing some of the noise that is in the environment. So I am going to leave it there in terms of today's session. Colleagues, I do want to thank you for your time. I apologize that we went slightly over. We did start a little bit later than planned. But in the upcoming sessions, my commitment is to open the room at about quarter past four to enable us to have a 1630 prompt start. And maybe just from yourselves as we check out, just something on the chat or on the Q&A, just a check out as we close the first of our series of eight sessions around being heard personally, professionally, and powerfully. It really has been a pleasure on my side asking you to check out on the chat what stands out for you, what was memorable, what do you take away from today's session. Okay, thank you, Duduzila, Peter, um, and of course, you'll keep us coming. I am aware that some of you do need to be released. Um, so thank you for the contributions and let's connect again next week. Uh, we continue to build on some of these themes. Uh, really appreciated the time and energy that you brought into this. Uh, be mindful of how you fill up spaces and have a wonderful week until we meet next week. All good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Faith K. Loving it as well. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, everyone. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.